Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello. Howdy, howdy. Happy Friday to everybody coming in on April 16th. Dang. <laughs> so soon. Was that a... It's already happening. Was that a... Okay, sure. So you're back from San Antonio? Yeah. Did all the people like my comments about San Antonio? Yeah. Beautiful, clean San Beautiful, Antonio. Clean. Wonderful San Antonio. It's, it is kind of funny how now one area of Texas has my head printed and just yeah, darts. Yeah, just alienated an entire region. <laughs> more Not than... Not just the city, but the whole surrounding region. More than... Um, <laughs> because I struggle with competition comparison yeah. all of that you know i read every negative and positive thing that's oh, done but sure, i dwell yeah. on the negative like crazy you mm-hmm. know this about me and i mean early on when we were doing those first few podcast episodes and like a lot of people on the uh, apple the itunes rating and all that oh, yeah. like five like but man that joey's really negative that joey i can't <laughs> stand it. i'm like I'm ready like, to write more back Father Paul. Amanda S. at whoever she is, and I'm going to find you. <laughs> They're like, only more of the priest, less of the prodigal. I'm like, little do they know. It's reversed. Anyway, so um, this is our question edition. I've officially changed the title on our list. Oh. On our like podcast thing. I no longer oh. do Prodigal and the Priest and Me. Yeah, we talked about this. It's the question edition. The weekly mm. question edition. Mm. This is number 36. This is the 36th time we've answered questions together. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 36 times, probably one or two <laughs> questions or <laughs> three right, or four. Yeah. So, yeah, know, we're so we're right over, around over 40 100. questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've answered one question each time. So let's jump into it. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Rocky. Rocky ass. Rocky. Many people have strong opinions on certain topics, with some opinions not being as popular as other among the general public. So, Father Paul and Joey. Generic. One are, what are some of your hottest takes regarding any topic? <laughs> what do you got? The further along you go in algebra, the more interesting it gets. Algebra four. He said a hot, very interesting. He said a hot. Sorry, what am I talking about? Days. Algebra, calculus. I mean calculus. Oh my Calc gosh. four. Fascinating. Three D modeling. Hot take. Hot take. Okay, your Do, turn. Dodecahedron. <laughs> your turn. Um, we've said this before. I'll, I'll do it in calculus. multiple things. Right. Hot takes. Here we go. Church. Hot take is. We've said it before. We're going to get smaller before we get bigger again. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, Hot take. Also, people think this is like a sign of the end times with the pandem- pandemic. I feel like they say that every time something bad happens in the world. My hot take is don't listen to those people, but always be prepared. Yep. Third hot take is as much as we joke about it, I do think our church has an issue with clericalism and holding priests to an unreal standard. And if we continue to fall in that trap, it will continue to perpetuate issues in the future. Hot takes in sports is I don't think there will be a professional player in football, basketball, or baseball ever who's a woman with playing with men. Mm-hmm. 
that's an unpopular take, but I just don't, I don't see it ever happening. Yeah. It's too physical. Um, hot take socks and sandals. Not that bad when I wear it. Hot take. Always (laughs) bad. Whenever anyone wears it. Also hot take. Don't know. Still to this day, even though we're best friends, how I feel about cassocks. I'm not sure. Yeah. I I just don't know. I mean, I like part of me is like, cool. Uh Uh-huh. But then the other part of me, once it like the top half, then once it gets to the flowing, you know, kind of dressy thing, I'm like, eh. It is yeah. kind of like a dress. Yeah. Exactly like a dress. But hot take also <laughs> with kids is that I don't mind boys being baptized in christening gowns. Mm. I've never considered that. All right. Also hot take is... I believe that a hot dog is a sandwich. Oh. Right? How I'm, is it I'm not just a sandwich? Anti hot dog to begin with. How are you anti hot dogs? <laughs> I'm anti hot dog. Unless it's like just at, like contextually, as a, contextually hot dogs. You are ate okay. that at the World Series yeah. game we went World to. World Series is a is a different thing. Or sports events is a but would thing. I ever make hot dogs for myself? No. Do you make any meals for yourself? Not too many. <laughs> so hot take: ketchup is way overrated no. and should be used extremely sparingly. No, hot take is that ranch dressing <laughs> in Texas is extremely overrated, and they treat it like a ketchup. And ketchup is way better than ranch. I craved ranch dressing so much, even as like a, a pseudo Texan, like like I am. Like I craved ranch dressing when I was in Italy so much. Really? Yeah, they don't have it over there. I mean, and I was like, it's it's just good on everything. When I did my year of uh, net ministries, travel around, do retreats, I had two teammates from Texas, and it was like everything. They were like, "Oh, pizza? You got any ranch? Oh, this? You got any ranch?" I was like, "What do they do to you people down there?" It's just like Texans love the ranch. It's just a Texan thing. I've never seen anyone in the North dip their pizza in ranch. Yeah. That's a thing here. No, and, and we do have things. Have I have I told you before about how Texans love Colorado? They're just obsessed with Colorado. If you're going if you're <laughs> the, going the anywhere state of Colorado. For, yeah, if you're going anywhere for vacation They're and like, it's are not you going like to Colorado. And it's not to the ocean or somewhere, Colorado. It's the best place. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're like i've never yeah, heard I'm gonna this go, hot take no i'm gonna go to utah or something they're like utah please it's no colorado even though it's basically the same thing <laughs> and probably less it's colorado crowded. for those who know it's colorado. <laughs> but less Ask crowded. any texan have you ever been to colorado yes no doesn't matter would you like to go absolutely sounds like heaven <laughs> those are interesting any more hot takes you got uh nah, not really. I don't know. Actually, last hot take on sports. I think in our lifetime we will see the end of the National Football League. Ooh, that's a very hot take. Because of all the conc- I think at some point they will not be able to mitigate like all the amount they've had to put out on money and lawsuits mm-hmm. and concussions and all this and that at some point we will see the official end that says even though this is you know, like, especially as more and more kids hold off doing it or parents get more concerned. Um, mm. And yes, it'll always be what a means to an end for some families that are. 
<laughs> hey, that was kind of fitting that I hit that with my hand. That was hand, completely but, accidental. Um, that was completely accidental. You picked but a good hot one. Hot take. Boom. Um, I just, yeah. yeah. Great question, Rocky. That's a, that's a very hot take. That's a very hot take. Also, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that. Luca, MVP this year. Hot take. Yeah, that's pretty commonly accepted, I think. Do you I mean MVP? Maybe not full on, but but people I think people put him up in the in the short list. Okay, fine. Whatever. All right, here we go. Sam Sam C says, "Hope it's okay to have two questions." Mm. Sam, are you kidding me? Love two questions. No worries if you don't answer both. So Sam is a nice holy person as well. <laughs> that's great. I do like you, the uh, Latin mass because I think it's super rev- uh, reverent and beautiful. What are your thoughts on this? Father Paul, have you ever celebrated TLM? That Ooh. is the Latin mass. Traditional um, Latin mass is what it stands for. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the, that's awesome. No, well, I just uh, saw the T. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, TLM stands for traditional Latin Mass. Yeah, well, but we're amazing. changing it officially to, <laughs> to the, the Latin Mass. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Actually, um, can we say the, 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 the Ohio State University? You know how those players say it on their intro? Yes, they do. They definitely do. But the the versus the, I think that has to do with what oh, sound stop. comes afterwards. Stop. No, I think it's a, if it's a I vowel know it's a real thing. Let's, okay, just answer the question. Have you ever said the? Latin mass. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Traditional Latin mass. Yes, I know how to say it. I've said them before. Cool. Um, second is, and and maybe we add in a little little extra ditty on this. I okay. mean, um, I think this is something we both appreciate. Mm-hmm. I know I've, I've been to it before um, at my time at Franciscan, um, but it's not necessarily my spirituality. Mm. It's not where I feel the closest and most reverent. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I think that's good for people to hear. For oh, some, yeah, for sure. And for others, not. Yeah, it's a... I mean, was there a follow-up question on this? Or yeah. Okay, yeah, so let's just... Because that yes or no's are kind of boring. Um, <laughs> we have to fill the space somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, it is... It is much more my spirituality. It's something that interested me for a long time from before I even went into seminary. It was always kind of this like mysterious thing. I kept trying to go before I joined seminary and like right. find one. But like they were on vacation that day and or that summer or right. I don't know. It was it was complicated. So so I'd really built it up in my mind a lot. Um and like done some research and reading and and um it's from then, like I've I've learned a lot more about kind of the spirituality and the theology and the, the liturgy and just everything there. And I think it's had a pretty, pretty strong formative effect on me. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's, that's an important thing that you can form kind of this, this synthesis, right? Um, man, there's so many different ways to go uh, <laughs> on here. Um, it's, it's hard to know exactly how to answer because it's got such baggage around it Mm. and everybody's got strong, strong opinions, hot takes, hot takes. (laughs) Um, even if they've never been to one before. Right. I personally, I would like to see more availability for it because I think that would demystify it in a good way Mm -hmm. where people can build it up as something that it's not right. Um, just 
a familiarity with it. That was my experience anyway. I built right. it up as this like mystical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I actually went, I was like, oh, well, that was uh, it's kind of boring. I didn't understand a lot. But it was also the greatest thing mm-hmm. um, because I knew what was going on. Right. And then the better I got Latin, the more familiar I got with the rubrics and everything. Right. Um, I found like this, this is... I don't know. This this is really valuable for a lot of reasons. This is the mass that um, was basically. I know, like, as soon as you make any historical statement, somebody's going to come in with a with like, you know, well, not in this place and yeah. and all this stuff. But like, so many of the saints that we look at um, from Saint Am in in the West from Saint Ambrose on down. Mm-hmm. Um, went to something that looked more like that than uh, what we're used to now. Mm. And there's not a huge difference, actually. That's like the more you learn about it, the more you're like, oh, well, they're actually very similar. Right. As they should be as two forms of one right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's kind of too many directions to go, and I'm a little, a little yeah. paralyzed by it without a, a specific question to respond to. Just, But just in a nutshell, like, I like it. I think it can be a really beautiful outlet for yeah. spirituality. It's had a it's had a very strong impact on my own formation, my own life. Um, the tough part is the division that right now things like that it just seems just very, divisive, very polarized. And I would like to see that go away. I, I would, would like too. to see that normalized. I would um, like to see that normalized, though, for the same emphasis that I have on praise and worship and a calling on of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. in the church that doesn't exist. And people say, well, you're more on the Protestant side, Joey. I'm like, no, like the Catholics. Were, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I was actually just reading uh, uh, Canto La Mesa. He's Cardinal Oh, now. so good. Sober intoxication. Yeah, I was reading it this morning. And um, and like, it's just, it's it's really good. He loves the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and his is the first, the first time we're, we're really tapping into like our intro thing of, uh, two friends from different cultures and yeah really this is a big different culture um, thing for us but like that's something that that i've had to to confront much more head-on at saint anne mm-hmm. um that being kind of more traditionally minded if you're going to set up like charismatic and traditional is like two sort of ends of a spectrum which i don't think is as an accurate way to do it but right. it's it's how people think of it yeah um this was something I had to confront quite a bit coming at this parish. Like I see people who are very dedicated to serving the Lord and on fire uh, with love for him and, and who are living out holiness in a very admirable way um, who draw their source from this kind of spirituality that I was content to sort of keep at arm's length. Right. um, As like, you know, Music for people who like it, <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs> and I don't know. I think there's, I think there's a lot more there. And and, and somebody like Kentel Mesa is able to, to put words to it. Um, this this sort of like the 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 deep unity there, but the beauty and also the diversity of different spiritualities, mm-hmm. um, and how that all fits together. Um, so it's it's been a really enriching thing for me, right? Being at this parish, yeah, um, and developing that personal synthesis mm-hmm. of uh, 
of how does all this stuff fit together. Yeah. Um, cool. And, and I mean, just as long as we're saying that, like another, we, we had a, we had a friend of our, of our podcast on a little while ago to talk mm. about uh, Byzantine liturgy, our friend Jack. Yeah. Jack. Um, and since what up, then, Jack, if you're listening, what's up? Since then, I've been able able to have some really good conversations with him, where it's like, okay, the West does this thing. I wasn't aware that in the East they actually do this other thing. Mm. Um, and so that's another kind of like, I mean, that's an that's an apostolic tradition, yeah. There, which is you know these these deep roots and this this kind of venerable antiquity to it mm-hmm. um, that is is one more kind of strand being woven into this synthesis of a tapestry yeah which is that's what we all have to do um it doesn't mean that like one one theme or one color comes out right in a more pronounced way in that individual tapestry that we're each weaving um of spiritualities like some people are just very drawn to franciscan spirituality i've never really been that way Hmm. um and shout uh, out St. Francis. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's good stuff. It's good. It's so, good reflection. So yeah. and, and my biggest thing is, and I think just the TLM, like the, that, yeah, yes, <laughs> traditional yeah. Latin mess, like yeah. that at this point in history, anyway, sort of that, that's a helpful way to look at it mm-hmm. as, as like a, a strand of spirituality mm-hmm. that is woven to some degree into, into everyone's, personal tapestry second part of his question very different um not at all related really to anything with the first part is sam c asks my brother's friend calls cat uh calls coffee the socially acceptable performance performance enhancing drug Mm. what is the difference between drinking something like coffee and taking Actual drugs. Coffee is pretty addictive. So at what point would it become sinful to drink too much coffee? Thanks. Such a good question. Also, your new setup is pretty pure quality. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Okay. All right. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> you the man, Sam. Pure um, quality. Um, yeah, you want to go on this? or uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. I have a friend who, who tried to write a thesis on this when we were in seminary together. Uh, and he was doing his th- theology. I say tried like I think he finished. <laughs> I just nice. I just don't know we what his bring conclusions him on the podcast, were. Yeah, man. we don't really keep up. But, um, <laughs> I mean, being Italian, and I'll be honest, we've always had a pot of coffee on. I probably drank coffee before most people at an age like very young that we were given it, kind of for dessert as a young age. Mm. Like here, you're allowed to have some of the coffee. Somebody who drinks several cups a day and likes coffee, um, I think. For me, if I didn't drink a cup tomorrow, would I have a headache? Yes. Would I have shakes and not be able to like make it through the day? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying that's the line, but there's probably got to be a close line with the dependency Mm -hmm. upon like the one thing we should be dependent upon is Jesus Christ, right? We need him. Right. If I need coffee in the same way that I need Jesus to make it through a day... I don't know. Is that an okay thing? It's not. I mean, I don't know. It's a yeah. very weird line, right? Of now, also, I take it that when S- Sam says an actual drug, let's let's just categorize that. We're talking about illegal, I would assume, drugs. Yeah. 
we're not talking about taking like a Tylenol or an aspirin or something. No, like that. I don't we're talking so. about like probably cocaine, heroin, those types of yeah, things. Math. Those are things that, and the church would say alters the state of your mind from making good exactly. moral decisions. Exactly. Yeah. That's coffee doesn't do that for me. So I don't like, know. Yeah. Did I hit any points that are? No, still, no, no. That's, thinking? that's where I wanted to go with it. And it's not, I haven't worked it out to a place where it's fully satisfactory, right. but I think it has to go in that direction. Like, look, there's a legal thing, right? You know, legal, illegal. That's, right. That's a, that's a clear line until it's not right. <laughs> and the laws change. Um, but that's not something that's, that's like true from all eternity or written into our nature somehow. Um, like what, what substances are legal and which ones are illegal by civil laws is something that is up to the civil government to, to decide so it's only helpful to a point when you're making moral considerations yeah um so then what else do you have and i think the way it affects your reason is one of the most important uh remaining pieces of that puzzle so like there are i mean i mean that's like for instance take something like uh alcohol yep right which alcohol is civilly legal right. for those who are of age. Um, and the church certainly doesn't prohibit drinking and actually encourages like the biblical use of, of grapes and of wine. And like mm-hmm. Jesus went to the wedding and transformed yeah. the water into wine. Like wine is a symbol of the joy of heaven. Yeah. The abundant overflowing joy of heaven. And it's, it's well chosen Right. Um, and so part of our feasting uh, often includes using alcohol, but always in an appropriate way. So from the church's perspective, it becomes inappropriate when you start like trading the pleasure that you get from that for the proper use of your reason. So mm. when it when it starts to to actually affect your decision making. Like that's right. that's what makes us in the image and likeness of God is our ability to to think through things and to act upon them with free choice. Our reason and our free will mm-hmm. um, are the things that distinguish us from the other animals. Um, now, and so I, when we start yeah. to 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 sell those, like Esau sells his birthright for a mess of pottage in Esau's case or yeah. or another drink in our case. Um, right. That's when it starts to become sinful. And coffee doesn't seem to quite have that same, like the more coffee you drink, it's, it's going to affect you badly. Mm-hmm. Like you can have too much caffeine yeah, and it'll make you sure. feel really bad. And it might actually make you very sick mm-hmm. if you push it too far. But the, I don't know if that would impair, impair the stimulant your, effect yeah, moral, of it is a different uh, thing than the depressive um, effect that that alcohol has, um, and so you have to like you have to bring in some medical science uh, pretty quickly once you start mm-hmm. going down this road as well. But really, like like our our thing is uh, it's all about our reason and our free will. Yeah, and yeah, coffee is addictive. Um, but 
that in and of itself doesn't make it something bad. I, for instance, just a little anecdote, I like coffee a lot. Um, I like the taste of it. I, I like the routine of it. Right. But I've been through a slow <laughs> um, <Withdrawal>. discovery <laughs> period uh, over years and years now where I've just come to grips with the fact that it's not good for me. For whatever reason, my particular makeup is such that um, caffeine affects me very strongly and it makes me kind of woozy in the head. Like it, it, (laughs) yeah, that's a silly way to put it. It, A little clouded. It makes, yeah, it makes, it makes me very tired. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like there's this just weight uh, pushing down on me. And so the less caffeine I have, right. um, And the more I'm able to get off caffeine completely, uh, the sharper and more alert and happier I feel actually. So that's, that's just, that's, that's a little bit of, Kevin, Kevin overshare. Um, me, because me, it's uh, a struggle. I really like yeah. coffee. I like the whole the whole routine of it. I I like everything about that, and so I always want to like pick it up again. As soon as I do, I'm like, mm, there's that feeling again. I just <laughs> I don't function well on it. Yeah. So that's why I'm a tea drinker, and even that's a an easy compromise. I know. And we still I'd haven't be better gone off to, without any of it. We haven't gone to uh, TLB. TLB traditional latte no <laughs> tea latte bar. Remember the whole tea latte bar thing I told the you about latte bar. the latte bar. <laughs> um, it's uh, good, no, I, dude. I, I tried the boba stuff this. in it. Oh, those little uh, those little like tapioca balls or whatever. Yeah, they are. I have I have cousins who are really <laughs> dude. Really that stuff is like I'm like it kind of feels weird. Like I'm drinking a marble, but I then like it's the like, texture. I yeah. just find that those. Those drinks always have too much sugar. Yeah, probably, but I mean, <laughs> anyway, anyway, Sam. Great question, Sam. Good, good, good question. Yeah, right. I hope that answer helps somehow. Got time for one more. Look at us just knocking away. Boom. This is anonymous. Could you guys um, just touch a little bit more about scrupulosity? I've mm. been researching, listening to different podcasts, videos, articles, and confession and about confession and kind of am haunted by the parable of the 10 virgins and the five show up late and the Lord Mm. says that he does not know them and won't let them in. I want to go to confession enough to be allowed into purgatory, but also don't want to dwell on my sins to the point of being unable to have a relationship. I think um, this might be suffering from scrupulosity, but not finding resources that really can kind of bring the difference. Mm. And then at the end, this person anonymously, so whoever you are, thank you for sharing this vulnerable question, but they say at the end, thank you from Wisconsin. Ooh, okay. Hey. Well, we can figure it out from there. Uh, we really can't. <laughs> no, we have we no have idea. No way. <laughs> we have, no, we have idea. no way. We're not that skilled. He doesn't know how to put show notes in. They're, so They're probably we, just trying to throw us off the this, Okay. Anyway, back to the question. <laughs> this is a really good one that mm. I know a lot yeah, of teens is. struggle with, is that idea of saying, how much of this is me just being kind of reading too much into this situation and not allowing God's grace to work in those, mm-hmm. you know, situations and opportunities. And I mean, scrupulosity is a real thing. Oh yeah. I think yeah, I've struggled it with it at times in my life to just be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I have too. 
And also you can be driven by that fear to say, what if, what if, what if, right? If I don't do this and kind of drive yourself to the point of, you know, I don't know, just kind of being frustrated, upset, you know, all of it. So what do you got? Yeah. Um, what do you got? Bible guy. <laughs> Bible guy. Uh, I'm going to draw my wealth of pastoral experience. <laughs> two years. Two years. <laughs> two years. Um, no, I've, I've gone through something I would call scrupulosity myself. And I've certainly talked with a ton of people who, who have and tried to help them through it in some way. And it's, it's a tough term because people mean different things by it. That was something that surprised me. Mm. Um, like there's some people who really struggle with OCD and different forms of like that particular mental ailment. Um, and obsessive compulsive, compulsive disorder. disorder. Yeah. Um, and, or, or something like that. And that can work itself out in the spiritual life as a, a really severe a form of scrupulosity. Do you have a tangible example of that? <sighs> like, would it be if I don't pray exactly 55 Hail Marys before bed, that's going to affect my salvation? Something that's paralyzing. Yeah. Ish, it kind of, I'm just yeah, putting like, something out there for somebody. No, 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 that's, to like, that's helpful. So, so like, and, and I'm no, you know, no psychologist and stuff. I'm certainly yeah. uh, open for a, a better definition, but I, I think just like common, popular understanding of OCD is somebody who like will do quirky things that don't necessarily make sense or have necessity outside of their world. So something like not stepping on cracks in the sidewalk or like having to lock and unlock every door in the house a certain number of times before you can go to sleep. Right. Um, like something that's obsessive that you mm -hmm. don't really have control over. Right. And that compels you to do something. Yep. Um, and that's out of order in some way. It's yeah. it's unreasonable. Um, so when people suffer from that um, and happen to be particularly pious or religious people, uh, it can it can sort of move into the spiritual life, and it, it becomes really a, a real cross for them uh, yeah. very quickly in there because it's it's not just like. I won't feel safe in my home and be able to go to sleep, but I don't feel like God <laughs> uh, loves me and I'm afraid that he's going to send me to hell yeah. if I don't say these prayers exactly in this way and do this particular thing. And so like that's, that's kind of a severe um, picture. Mm -hmm. um, I, d I never suffered from anything quite like that. Right. Um, but that's just, that's one way that scrupulosity can look. Mm -hmm. And with that, that's really something you need a psychologist for, like a, a counselor or a therapist uh, who's trained to be able to help because that is a, that's a mental um, disorder that is working itself out under sort of spiritual trappings. Yeah. Um, there's other things though. To, like I, I found for me when I, when I had my big, Big old conversion, uh, freshman year mm. college, <laughs> came back to church, started taking things seriously, um, deeply in love with the Lord, wanted to give my whole life it, in his what service. Was that, like 2010? Didn't, yeah, 2008. Eight, nice. Um, no, 2007, actually. 
2007. That was when that first happened. I decided to enter seminary like a year and a half after that Got kind it. of thing, but or something like that. Um, but for me, I I went from, you know, the church is just something that's kind of there that I'll choose to engage when and if and on my terms to, um, wow, I'm deeply in love with all this stuff. This is the greatest thing to, wow, there's a lot that I didn't know that, uh, I myself and everyone around me are not following correctly. Mm. And that started to create this, this sort of like this, this sense that the walls were closing in a little bit. Like I think a common thing for people who suffer from scrupulosity of any form is that they feel trapped by it. Um, and that's just an important thing. If, if you're like, well, do I suffer from this or do I not? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to give you a way to like diagnose everything here, but yeah, but God never makes us feel like that. Right. Uh, God's spirit and forgiveness and everything always brings freedom. And mm-hmm. so if you're like, well, to follow his law, I have to do, I have to do it in this way that seems to like stifle the life out of everything and make me feel trapped. And, and if I don't, then like, that's, that's probably, <laughs> I don't know. That's not entering into the freedom of the, the children of God. Yeah. Right there. Um, so for me, um, I remember I was on a retreat at one point and I was a specific form of scrupulosity. It started to look like sins of thought. I couldn't distinguish between like thoughts that came into my head and a real consent mm-hmm. to those thoughts. And that's something that people struggle with a lot. Um, it just, there was something about when I was going to confession, there was something about just the common sense way the priest approached approached it just down to earth um that was refreshing and just in that moment god gave me a grace to release me from from whatever Mm. kind of small scrupulosity i was suffering at that time it's it's nothing compared to what i think a lot of people go through but for me it was a big thing um and it just the the more i look back on that and the more i think about what i would try and tell people to to help them it, it really does come to understanding like what sin is. Sin is something that we have to do. It's not something that's done to us yeah, or that just happens accidentally. Like there are things that are bad and things that are wrong and there right, are right, right. things that, that happen that make us feel bad. Mm-hmm. But sin is only when our will and our reason get engaged. Right. It, it has to be something that I choose to do or choose not to do. Yeah. And so like a thought that flashes through your mind, like could be a terrible thought, but if you're not engaging it, um, then it's not sinful. Yeah. And you can be like, well, what about if I just let it sit there? And it's like, yeah, well then you're starting to play around with it a little bit mm-hmm. and put yourself in an occasion of sin. But I, I don't know if that's, if that's exactly quite to the level of a mortal sin, like what, right? In, unless you're you're actually intentionally trying to bring back that thought and mm-hmm. and engage it and fantasize about it, and I don't know for for people who suffer from scrupulosity, I I normally try and get them to point at the thing that was actually mortally sinful that they did, 
because they just have a sense that I've certainly done something pretty bad. Right. I just don't really know what it is. Right. Um, or there's and, a something keeping me from entering heaven, right? Like, yeah. kind of like what yeah, it's pointing this, to now being like, well. Just this kind of, yeah. like, there are these chains, and I know that I'm unworthy, and and all this, but there's there's no freedom from that. And so, like, being able to make a distinction, it, it, that's that's part of breaking free of those chains. God seems to have to give you a particular grace. Like, it's a cross that that for the sake of your own growth, um, he will allow you to bear. No cross is, is nice. They're not a gift in that way, right? right? Suffering isn't, isn't something that's created by God as a good, but he allows us to suffer it mm-hmm. um, in order to, to draw us closer to him and for the sake of our, our own growth and holiness. And, right. And so it's, I, I know in the case of St. Therese, who was a famous case of scrupulosity, that it was just this extraordinary grace at one point that set her free. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to, you know, do everything we can to bring ourselves to that, that moment and to pray for it and dispose ourselves for that. But I think there is something of like the healing of God that has to occur right. um, to, to flip that switch where all of a sudden we're like, oh yeah, that's right. God so loved me. Right. And and the world they sent his only son and like to understand what that means in this deep way where you just feel like I can't be shaken from that. Yeah. Um yeah. What I, do you have to to say I, on this? I was just gonna add, I know sometimes these prayers can come across um you know those the little prayer card thing, sometimes they come across a little hoaxy or things like that, or being like, <laughs> That's too simple or that. But I do remember um a prayer card my parents gave me at a younger age that that serenity prayer of god you know grant me the serenity accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference Mm -hmm. and i do believe that's a beautiful prayer and i do believe and i want whoever this is who asked this question to say i think the number one thing is the devil wants to say you're alone in the struggle you're by yourself you can't get it figured out. You can't get help with it. Like, and just isolate and to say, um, that is the furthest thing from the truth. And that, um, not sure why different people, like you said, have that cross. And it's a very difficult one. And I've seen people I've loved, like struggle with that. Um, and it's not an easy thing and it's something that, yeah, it needs to be talked about more. And that's all I got. Yeah. If if you're if you're hearing this and you're like oh that's me um like it's not your fault either <laughs> yeah. like I I don't know of anyone who brings this on themselves yeah um it's just it can be a thing that happens in the spiritual life but yeah. I know for me like it it was you know in in some mysterious way in God's plan preparing me for for something that um. I don't know. I've, I've never really struggled with scrupulosity after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to say that like, it, it's, I don't know, it's, it's not forever, I guess is what I was trying to say. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if, if it is, if it is the kind of scrupulosity that takes on the, the actual form of mental illness, like that's something that needs to be treated yeah. uh, in a different way and not just, not just endured and not, mm-hmm. Um, not really taken to a spiritual director either. Like, yeah. 
like there are things that a spiritual director can help with and there are things that they can't but when when you get to the level of mental illness that's that's where you have to go to uh to someone who's trained for that yeah and god gave us those resources to be able to to help so awesome well hot take ready for this changing tlm the latin mass the Latin, the, uh, the Latin, the Latin <laughs> um, uh, oh. <laughs> all right the question whatever edition whatever we're called now we're ending uh behalf of joey scansella <laughs> father paul Bechter, take care god bless peace